welcome to the Podcock PCAST. I'm your host, the only Tyler Peacock. Joining me on the program yet again, Bobby, you're back for more. Bobby Russell, what is happening? Uh, not a much. We're on the cusp of another great sports weekend and uh, ready to get into it all. Yeah, me too, man. Um, of course, we're going to talk week six college football, week five NFL. Um, give you some gambling locks at the end of that. Um, probably talk a little NASCAR and Formula One at the end like uh, we are apt to do. But um, as always, we start with winners and losers of the week. So I will let my guest be the first to uh, give out a winner or a loser of the week. So, Bobby, the floor is yours. Yeah, uh, this, this week my winner and loser come from the same team. So I'm just going to start with my winner right away. Kenny Pickett. I mean, guy came out in the second half last week, two rushing touchdowns. Off the team from back from down at half, uh, you know, a couple bad interceptions. The third one being credited as a hail mary interception, uh, but no, no incompletion, no incompletions that hit the ground. So that that's a big positive. And the team looked like they mm-hmm. had life when he was in. I mean, you watch the highlights; it's a completely different team from the first half. Uh, I, I think it gets George Pickens involved a lot. I think it's going to open up a lot for Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth and really help the offensive line out because they've struggled mightily in this season. So putting Kenny Pickett in there has just changed the whole dynamic for the Steelers. And, and you know, I, I said it last week on the podcast, it, it was going to take a loss to the Jets for this to change. And that was Mitch's last straw. And, you know, I'm glad to see it. I, the future's here. Um, just hope he doesn't, you know, end up with a, a Joe Burrow-type injury knock on wood to end his rookie year. All right. Um, I, I have Kansas. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they're hosting college game. They're, they're 5-0. and And I'm, de- I'm dovetailing the Chiefs with that. And I know they, you know, Missouri, Kansas. It's, it's To me, it's all the same. Sorry if you live out there. But uh, the Chiefs laid the smack down in a primetime spot Sunday night. Um, if that's the Chiefs team we get, you know, for the majority of the season, I, I think they might be the favorite again on the AFC. But just wanted to give that whole area, that whole region, I guess, um, a shout-out. That was my winner. My loser, I mean, these are easy pickings to me, but Carl Durrell fired at Colorado and Paul Christ fired at Wisconsin. Um, I mean, I, I kind of get why they – oh, obviously I get why Colorado did it. Um, they were going nowhere fast, but Wisconsin, um, I get why they did it. I don't know. I, there's part of me that's like, man – if you know a near 75% win percentage at Wisconsin isn't good enough, nobody's going to go in there and do anything that's short of Nick Saban or Dabo or Urban or one of these one of these types of guys. But uh, I understand why they did it. A little shocking, but um, I, I think Jim Leonard, um, you know, as a, a dress rehearsal, an audition for the job, uh, we'll see how it does because I, I know he's had some NFL teams come after him. I think the Packers came out during the be their defense coordinator, and he, and he stayed at Wisconsin. So, um, anyway, that, that's my loser of the week. Um, is there anything else you think we missed, or do you want to move on with the preview? Yeah, I'll just hit my loser real quick. That's, oh, uh, yeah, my bad. Yeah, no worries. Hey, my, my loser is Mitch Trubisky. You, you, had, <laughs> you had the whole world in your hands, and you fumbled it. Yep. Met- metaphorically and in real life. Um, yeah, I, I like Mitch a lot. He, he's a, a decent backup quarterback. He just, he doesn't do the kind of things that you need a franchise quarterback to do. He doesn't make the right decision every time, you know, one out of four times he does. And it, it, everything just looks slower when he's in there. Um, so I, I'm happy for Mitch. He's got a contract. I think he'll be a good backup and a good mentor to Kenny. 
but just really blew his last chance, I think. I, I don't think he'll have a chance as a starting quarterback role in this league ever again. No, but, I mean, backup isn't, a, isn't the worst position in the NFL mm-hmm. to stand there with the, the brand-new team-issued hat and the little earbud and just kind of clap and – I don't know, but you're getting paid handsomely, so yeah. Um, but yeah, he, you're right. I mean, he had a he had a chance, a second chance, and he blew up. So anyway, all right, moving on. College football week six, um, a lot of games in the noon slate. I think we got six. I I highlighted as quote unquote big games. Kind of a weird schedule. Not a ton of marquee matchups, but I'll say it once. I'll say it a thousand times. Usually weeks like these are the ones that are that are wild and, and crazy. So we'll start at noon. FS1, Big 12 tilt, number 17 TCU at number 19 Kansas. Uh, the Horn Frogs 4-0, the Jayhawks 5-0. TCU a seven-point road favorite, the total 67.5. Bobby, what are you doing with this game? I think this is where the, the buck stops for the Kansas Jayhawks. I think this is the first loss of the year for them. It's been a great ride so far. And, you know, they got a good football team and not want to put them down or anything. TCU just coached better, has a little bit better athletes. Uh, I think they go in there and get this one done pretty easily. Seven, um, I think that's a little, little much for me, especially with how close the two teams are and what the Big 12 does to itself. I'm going to stay away from gambling on this one. Uh, but picking TCU to win the game is just my pick there. Yeah, I agree. I think you uh, kind of said everything I was going to. Um, to me, it's a strong lean, not a lock. Uh, I, I think TCU, you know, by 10, maybe 14, but I'm not that confident in that. Um, but, but kudos to both schools. Um, TCU kind of getting off the mat in Kansas, definitely getting off the mat. Um, so uh, cool, cool. This is in a primetime spot. Mm-hmm. Um, game day, like I said, in in the winners and losers segment, game day is going to be in Lawrence, and it's not basketball season, so uh, that that's pretty cool. How about this? We we will stay in the noon window. ABC Red River rivalry, Red River shootout, whatever you want to call it. Texas unranked three and two, Oklahoma unranked three and two. Out of all the Big Twelve matchups this week, this is the only one that doesn't feature at least one ranked team. Crazy, I know, but here we are, rivalry game. You're going to have half the stadium, half the Cotton Bowl and burn orange, half the uh, the other half in crimson and cream. Uh, the Longhorns, seven-point favorites, 65-and-a-half is the total. Man, I th- to me, I was saying this to another buddy when we were talking about this game. To me, this feels like it might be kind of like a Florida-Tennessee game from earlier this year, where I think Texas is the better side. I think they win the game. But seven might be too steep, especially in a rivalry game. Not a lock. It's more of a soft lean towards taking the points with Oklahoma. Like the over as well, I think we get a shootout. But I think Texas uh, gets it done. And Oklahoma loses three straight for the first time since 1998. There's a little stat of the day for you. But how say you on this one? Yeah, I I love this game. You know, I love the callers. I love the Texas State Fair. uh, Two all-time teams. And the Cotton Bowl, um, one of the best stadiums in in, in America, basically, Cotton Bowl should go back there. It just doesn't feel the same in, in, in AT&T Stadium where the Cowboys play. It's just not the right feel. But this game in particular, I mean, what we've seen the last couple of years, it's been 42-49 type games. It's shootouts, um, but two different teams now. You know, Oklahoma has the defensive background with Brent Venables, and Texas dealing with some injuries. They're kind of a, a grit-and-grind team. So 
this I'll, I'll tease this. I'm not going to give my pick away here yet um, as far as the gambling stuff. But I, I think Oklahoma gets this one done. I, I just think that, you know, on the skid, they got it right to ship. And this game just means a lot to them. Um, and I, I think it'll be a kind of a turning point for their season. I think they get back on, on top here. And then I'll give my pick, my gambling pick for this one later in our locks. All right. Yeah. I mean, that you make a good point. Like, this might be the last time to really uh, buy in. It sounds like uh, that's kind of the way you're going. But it does seem like the last – uh, hurrah maybe for for Oklahoma here in 2022 uh, we'll stay in the noon window third noon game of the week we go to the SEC a uh, this is on ESPN excuse me number eight Tennessee on the road at number 25 LSU volunteers laying three on the road 64 is your total Death Valley uh, obviously a tough place to play but a little bit easier to do it at 11 a.m local time um Anyway, I will throw it to you here. What's what's your uh, selection and uh, your thoughts on this game? Yeah, you just talked about the Tennessee-Florida game. That, that was a really good game. I, I'm really high on Tennessee now. I, I, I think they could, they could push Georgia in that game when they meet up here later in the season, and I, I think that'll be a good indicator. But this one, Tennessee's just on a roll right now. Much better team than what LSU is. I think LSU's dealing with some injuries and some quarterback carousel. So I, th- I think the stability that Tennessee brings in – what they have offensively and defensively is enough to take them in there and win this one. And like you said, it's an 11 a.m. kick in Louisiana. It, it's not Saturday night in Death Valley. It just has a different feel. So I, I'm rolling with Big Orange in this one. Yeah. So I, I like Tennessee, and I did a little digging into the history, the, the history of the matchup. Um, LSU's won five in a row um, in the series. Now they don't play every year, so that's spread out through. A number of years, but Tennessee, they beat Florida for the first time, snapped a five uh, game losing streak to them. And I think they do the same thing to LSU. Not a lock, but I'll, I, I would tend to lay the three with a gun to my head and, and feel relatively confident in that. And I think this is the best offense and best team LSU's faced so far. Um, you know, they had a hell of a comeback win on the road at Auburn last week. Um, I feel like LSU is unhappy with Brian Kelly and here they set four and one. And I mean, if they, they beat a top 10 team at home, I think that will turn the tide. I don't think that happens, but um, just kind of a weird, weird vibe, uh, weird fit in general. I don't know mm-hmm. what that says for the future, but um, I don't know. I mean, if you look up and they're like eight and one going into the Alabama game or whatever it might be, um, I don't know if that would terribly shock me that much, but I, I got the balls here. All right, moving on. We go out to the West Coast, the Rose Bowl, three thirty Eastern Time on Fox. Six or eighteenth ranked UCLA, the Bruins five and zero at home. They will host the eleventh ranked Utah Utes. Utah four and a half point, actually three and a half point favorites now. As I look at the live line, uh, total in that sixty four to sixty five range here. I'm I'm a little scared. It's not a lock. I think Utah's physicality just wins wins this game. And, and they cover. But if this is a track meet, I think UCLA has the advantage. Um, but I, I think it, it leans towards it being a, a war in the trenches. So give me the youths on the road. Tough veteran team. Um, but, I mean, this is kind of an – not really for UCLA since they're still unbeaten, but I don't think Utah could catch a second loss if they still have playoff you know, aspirations. But I'll throw it to you. What do you think on this game? 
Yeah, absolutely. Utah's in a must-win situation here. A second loss any anywhere in the Pac-12 season the rest of the year is an, an elimination for them. Uh, last time they were here, left with a bad taste in their mouth, obviously, in the Rose Bowl game against Ohio State. Um, so I, I think they get this one done. I, I don't think they play down to their opponents. Um, kind of like we've seen UCLA do this year, you know, against the game against Bowling Green. Kind of had to take it down to the wire to win that one. And I, like you said, Utah's got the physicality and that travels. So I, I am all with all on with the Utes here this game. All right, we'll stay out on the West Coast. Seven thirty Eastern Time on Fox. Washington State unranked, four and one on the season at the sixth ranked USC Trojans, five and zero USC, a thirteen point favorite. The total sixty six on this one. I will throw it to you for your thoughts. So I, I think this is a trap game for USC. Uh, might be a little look ahead here early in the season. And this, all, this game strikes me as one of those ones where we've seen USC play down to their opponent, let a team come in, kind of dictate the pace of the game, and play to win. Uh, you know, we've seen it with Stanford all those years. Oregon's come in and done it. Arizona State's done it to them. I think that's kind of what's going on here. I, I, I don't think that Washington State wins the game. I definitely think they cover uh, USC wins the game, but I wouldn't be surprised if USC is on upset alert at home on this one. All right, that's bold, but I don't know if I disagree with you. I'm, to me, it's kind of a stay away. Um, I'm with you. I think SC's speed and talent, they're at home. It, it wins out. Um, USC is in a, in a look-at spot. They go to Utah next week. That, that, that could be a big game for sure. Um, I don't know. I just worry from a gambling point of view that – Washington State does everything in their their possible will to to keep this game close when you're covering the whole game, and then SC's just talent at the end, like pulls it on late and and blows you know your your perfect underdog cover there. So that's why it's a stay away from me. Um, of course, I will make a note. Many people um, may have forgotten already. I know Wisconsin isn't Wisconsin, but for Washington State to fly across the country, go into that place and and win the game outright. Um, maybe Washington State on the road is uh, in a good spot. So I, that's something to consider if you're handicapping this game. Also, they played Oregon at home. Should have beat them. They blew the game late. Um, but, you know, I, I guess that's going to happen in college football. So, But kind of an interesting game. That's, that's why I threw it in, in the big games. Final one, this game's lost its luster thanks to, to the Aggies. Texas A&M, they're 3-2 and two on the year. I think we all thought this was going to be a top 10 matchup. Um, it's 8 o'clock on CBS. They still kept it in that one uh, 8 o'clock game. CBS gets a year for college. But Alabama, 5-0, and number one team in the poll. Uh, they're 24-point favorite. 52 is the total. Interesting because uh, Bryce Young, uh, he, he's got a shoulder he's dealing with. He left the game at Arkansas last week. Didn't matter. Uh, they came in, Jameer Gibbs had over 200 yards. Jalen Milrow, the backup quarterback, he had a, a couple nice runs. Um, so, I don't – I think you just hold your nose and take A&M with the points if uh, Milrow's playing, but I don't have any confidence in this. How about you? Yeah, I have no confidence in the Aggies in this game, especially playing Alabama at home. Defensively, they're a juggernaut. Offensively, you know, they've got enough weapons, um, like you mentioned with Jameer Gibbs and some guys on the outside – to get the job done. I mean, we've seen how many quarterbacks for Alabama over the past 
12 years, 12, 13 years, Greg McElroy, you know, guys like that, that just, you know, they're game managers and they can just get the ball to, they need to, and they win. So I'm all in on Alabama on this one. And I, I, I think this puts I think a loss here, puts Jimbo on the hottest of seats. I think he could finish out the year, but he might be on the way out at the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a huge contract. That's 95 million. Um, I think the recruiting class that got in this past season probably keeps him safe, but there's there's some rich oil tycoons that are Aggie boosters that you know if if they don't want him there, they're they're gonna buy him out. That's for mm-hmm. sure. All right, we're gonna fly through the uh, notable slate here, um, SMU and uh, Central Florida. I think we talked about that a little bit last week. Thought it was gonna be on Sunday. Got moved with the hurricane. It's actually getting played right now, but uh, whatever. Uh, Friday, we got four games. Um, interesting one: UNLV four and one at three and one. San Jose State, uh, San Jose State, the Spartans a seven point favorite. Fifty three is the total. Uh, Ten thirty Eastern time on CBS Sports Network. Uh, decent, decent Mountain West game. Um, I don't have anything other than say I, I think I like San Jose State maybe to win their division, uh, especially with Jake Hayner suffering a, an injury. For Fresno State being out of the lineup here, but um, I don't know. You have any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm just going to roll with UNLV just for the sake of being a little bit different here. Uh, I think they got a good, decent team, and you, you said it there. there. There's there's areas for these teams to kind of shoot up the board in that conference, and I think UNLV takes it on the road. All right, we'll move to Saturday noon, number four Michigan on the road at Indiana. Uh, the five and zero Wolverines at the three and two Hoosiers. Michigan twenty two point favorite. Fifty nine is the total. Um, my my Wolverines. That was that was a satisfying game Saturday in Iowa City. I will say that kind of a yeoman like effort. Uh, really wasn't a sweat. Um, this week, Penn State's looming. That's next week. So I think from a gambling aspect, I don't know if I would lay it with Michigan. Indiana kind of plays Michigan weird. Uh, every so often as well. So I think, you know, if you tease them down uh, or, or take an alt line down and, and pay the juice, that might be the way to attack this. But uh, I just want to, to win, get healthy, and then Penn State's next week in the big house, a big game. That'll be a top-10 matchup. Um, I'm excited for that. But uh, got to get through Indiana to get to that. So that's where I'm lo- lo- or looking at and focused on. Hope the team is as well. <laughs> But um, you have anything on this game? Nah, you start there. Michigan did well last week against Iowa. Um, yeah, I think they just keep the keep the buck rolling with this one and just kind of do what they need to do to beat Indiana. I twenty two is a lot for a for a conference game, so I, I I might roll with Indiana on that one on the points. Yeah, I mean that's that's sound logic there for sure. Uh, SEC West showdown at noon on SEC Network. The Razorbacks three and two of Arkansas on the road at number twenty three Mississippi State. The Bulldogs four and one. This line has sprung up to nine and a half. A total around the sixty two mark, sixty one and a half ish. A uh, little nugget before I throw it to you, uh, KJ Jefferson, the quarterback of Arkansas, the big big man, um, hasn't practiced all week. That's usually not a good sign, uh, especially going in to uh, kind of a tough place to play down there in uh, Stark Vegas. So uh, your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Arkansas proponent. Um, I think even without him, I think they keep this one close. I think Bulldogs win the game, but 
I, I would ride with Arkansas to to cover on this one. All right. Uh, yeah. I I mean I don't have a ton of confidence in that, but it might be might be a little too many points there. I don't know. Um, all right. Final noon game. We're gonna highlight here in the Big Ten crossover game. West versus Purdue. The Boilermakers three and two on the season. They will go to Maryland. The Terrapins four and one. Noon Big Ten Network. Terrapins laying three and 59 and a half is the total. This game, it's kind of a stay away for me. Um, I don't know. I could see Purdue winning, but I like Maryland. I like uh, their team. So I don't know. To me, it's just kind of one of those perfect stay aways. Um, Maybe if you tease Maryland up. That's that's the way to do that, but that's where I'm at with this one. How say you? Yeah, it, it kind of depends on what what Maryland team you get. Are we going to get the Maryland team who gets up for the big games, or are we going to get a Maryland team that you know coming in the sleepy start and lets Purdue go up fourteen or nothing before they can blink? Um, that's kind of what I'm thinking is going to happen here. I think Purdue comes in, kind of sets the tone, um, out physicals Maryland, and and kind of runs away with this one in the end. All right, we move to 3.30, the Deep South's oldest rivalry, CBS, 3.30 Eastern Time. Number two, Georgia hosts the Auburn Tigers. Georgia 5-0, Auburn 3-2. 30-point favorite is the Bulldogs. Ah, man, I, I know Auburn's not very good. Georgia, the last couple weeks, hasn't instilled a lot of confidence against the number. It seems too easy just to gobble up that 30 and hope you don't get blown out. But I think that's what I would do, gun the head. Not a lock, but I, I think I'd take the points Georgia wins at home between the hedges. I'll say you. Yeah, couldn't say it any better myself. Uh, I'm taking Auburn with the points there. Uh, there's no question that Georgia wins this game. Just just an all-around better football team, and I think Auburn's headed towards a coaching change into the year. So keep it close. Show up in a rivalry, but don't get embarrassed. All right, move to the Big 12 again. 3.30 Eastern time on FS1. Texas Tech, the Red Raiders, 3-2 and two at the 7th-ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys. The Pokes, 4-0. They are laying 9.5 points on the spread. The total, 69.5. Nice. Um, I, I like Oklahoma State. I like the defense, but the I don't know. I, I, it's not a lock. I think I'd lean towards Oklahoma State here. Uh, where are you at with this game? I'm with you on Oklahoma State. Quiet number seven in the country. Yes. Right now. No one's paying attention. Nope. Um, so so I, I, I like them. I like the over in this one as well. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. I think Texas Tech scores at, at least 27, 28 points. Um, and Oklahoma State just kind of runs up and down the field in this one. All right. We move to four Eastern time on ESPN2 in the ACC. The Tar Heels in North Carolina, four and one on the season. They'll travel down to South Beach, take on the U. The Miami Hurricanes, two and two on the season. Miami, though, a three and a half point favorite, 65 and a half is the total. You've seen Carolina. That's uh, who your Irish played in their last outing. Um, what, what's your thoughts on this game? North Carolina's got a damn good offense. They do. I, 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 will, I will say that. You know, they, they scored points. They, they came out and they punched the Irish defense in the mouth to start that game before they kind of figured a th- couple things out. And I, I don't know what's going on in Miami. I, we talked about it in the preseason ACC preview. I, I said it might be a little early to, on, on the crystal ball. Then, you know, they come out, they win a few games, and they lose to Middle Tennessee State. And they're just kind of middle of the pack ACC team still. And I think that's what happens here. I think North Carolina goes in there and gets this done. Um, easy over for me. It's going to be a lot of points scored because Carolina's defense is bad. 
yeah, it is. Man, I, I don't have any feel for this game because I, I think initially I do like Drake May and that Carolina offense, but maybe Miami having two weeks. They had a bye week last week. Having two weeks to get ready for this big-time division matchup. Obviously, Miami's 2-2, two and two, but haven't they haven't played an ACC game, so everything's still in front of them. Um, they're at home. I know that doesn't mean much. So, to me, it's kind of a stay away. I, I guess gun the head, maybe I would – I would just lean towards Carolina, but I, I have no feel for this one. Um, all right, we move to the night games. We'll start with your team, Bobby, 7.30 Eastern time. I believe it's on NBC. It is the 16th-ranked Cougars of BYU take on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Uh, the game is being played in Vegas at the uh, the big-ass Black Roomba. Um, cool stadium out there in Allegiant Stadium in Vegas where the Raiders play. Uh, gambling particulars, Notre Dame, uh, three-and-a-half-point favorite, the total 52. Take it away. The floor is yours. What's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm excited for this holy war here. Uh, you know, light versus dark. Irish will be in their all-white uniforms, and BYU will be in the all-blacks. be a great-looking aesthetic game. Um, you know, they're playing in that, like you said, playing in the Roomba out there. That'll be that'll be a tough watch. Um, stat on this one, the Irish, this is a Shamrock Series game, 10-0 in, in – in the Shamrock series. Oh, three and over ranked teams. So, There's a nugget. So that's, that's you, obviously, you know, where I'm leaving here. Um, the Irish, they found something on offense last time out against North Carolina. They get healthy, get a couple tight ends back in the game. So, you know, we could be running 13 personnel with three tight ends out there. Oh, um, you're, you're speaking my language. And, you know, Audric Esteme, he, he's looked excellent the last few weeks. Um, over 250 yards rushing through two games. So it, it's going to be a really nice tight game. I think BYU will score on the Irish. I think, you know, they're going to bring out some special tricks or whatever they have to. Uh, but Irish, Irish, Irish take this one, another Shamrock Series W. I'm staying away from it. You know, I don't battle my team anymore. Um, but I, I would stay away. I would stay away. But I would take Irish minus three. That's fair. That's fair. I, I like that. Here, Here's my thing. And that, I didn't know the Shamrock series stat. Uh, that that makes my confidence grow a little more. I had noted I had a strong lead towards Notre Dame when I was going through these games. Uh, anyway, um, I just look at that Oregon game. Um, BYU they got pushed around by an Oregon offensive and defense line. Um, and I know Oregon's pretty good in the trenches for being a Pac-12 team. Um, as a little side note, but you know Notre Dame. I feel like they they clicked a little better against North Carolina on the road, especially up front. Um, you guys have been a good program up front the last you know decade on both sides of the football. So I I and and you saying you know maybe come out and, and play a little bully ball against against the Mormons. I like that. Mm-hmm. I'd add it to my card. Probably won't be a, a podcast lock, but I wouldn't be surprised Saturday if I put this on something and had some money on it so uh i think your stats swayed me maybe i'll i'll bet for both of us and uh you're, you're already invested so i get it so but uh yeah that that that, that could be a, a a good game and and you know i think notre dame prevails and, and covers that's where i'm at um we'll go to the sec east now three and two south carolina on the road in lexington to take on the wildcats kentucky's 13th rated in the country they're four and one they're a 10 point favorite in this football game, I think 48 and a half, 49 is your total on this one. You can catch it 730 Eastern time on the SEC network. I I think it's you lay Kentucky or you stay away. 
I mean, South Carolina really hasn't done anything to exude any confidence where I would want to put any money behind them. Um, where are you at with this game? Yeah, right on schedule with my, my preseason South Carolina wins over uh, with three wins right now. Mark, this is one of the losses in the preseason there. Kentucky looks really good. Uh, I think it continues that way, and they go in there and just do what Kentucky does, play defense, play a good offense, and kind of manage the game. Don't take too many big shots, and they come out on top with this one. Um, so right on schedule for my South Carolina wins over. That's what I'm looking at right now, but there's no chance Kentucky loses this game. And, I mean – Man, they had that game. They they blew that game last week. I thought they they had the momentum, had the ball late, uh, a, a procedure call wipes out a touchdown, and then the next player, two plays later, Levis fumbles the game away. Uh, tough, uh, good, entertaining game to watch down there in Oxford mm-hmm. for sure last week. But Kentucky did get the you did get the cash that Kentucky uh, plus points if you bet it. I mean, you were both on that last week, so uh, I guess you're welcome. Uh, we'll stay in the 7:30 window. Big 12 again. Number 20 Kansas State, four and one on the road at the Cyclones of Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State, three and two on the season. 7:30 Eastern Time. ESPNU is where you can catch this one. Uh, Kansas State, two point favorites. The total 45. Man, this I feel like both these coaches, Chris Kleiman for K State, Matt Campbell for Iowa State. They they like to play this slow, low possessions, conservative football game. Both teams are going to feel comfortable. Um, I, I like Kansas State. I think they might be a dark horse to, to get to the Big 12 championship game. But this is kind of a hairy spot. Um, I know Iowa State isn't great, but at home. Uh, and if you look at both coaches historically, uh, very good against the number uh, at, at Kansas State with climbing and, and as a favorite and then as a dog, Campbell with Iowa State. So, um, not much of an edge, I think, trends-wise. So I, I, I think maybe I like the under here, 45. Um, I guess gun the head, I, I think K-State wins the game, so I'd probably lay the two. But uh, how say you with this? Uh, probably going to be a defensive slugfest here. Yeah, love the under as well in this game. Iowa State, they're, they're a tough team to play, play when they play in Ames there, especially against ranked opponents in the Big 12. You know, we talk about it every year on this podcast. You know, there's always a ranked team that goes in there and loses. Uh, you know, they got Baylor early this year, and they've had some down luck. Uh, but Iowa State's a good football team. You know, they're hovering right around the top there in the Big 12. And I, I think it'll be a tough spot for Kansas State. So I like Kansas State to win, and I'm with you on the under. I think that's a that's an easy lock for me on this one. All right, final 730 game that we will talk about in the Big Ten. In the Big Ten West, Iowa 3-2 and two at 4-1. and one. Illinois, the fight in the Lion-Eye, three-and-a-half-point favorites. And your Big Ten total of the week – Presented by whoever wants to sponsor at 35 and a half here. So Big Ten belly up football in Champaign at night. That's what we're expecting here. That's what Vegas is expecting. I'll throw it to you. Hawkeyes or uh, the fighting Burt Bielema's house of you. I think having this game at home is going to be a big, big help for uh, Illinois. I think the, on the road, uh, they, they, they beat Indiana on the road, right? Or was no. that a loss? They no, lost. They got, they got fucked. That's what happened. Yeah. They should have. Yeah. Yeah. So having this at home, I think they're a much better team at home than on the road. I, I, I like what they do. They're classic Brat Bielma football team, run the ball and don't make too many mistakes. I, 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 
I'm going to stay away from the unders because I, I took the over in the Iowa Rutgers game and was rewarded for doing so. Uh, so I'm going to stay away from the under again on this one. And I'm going to rule with Illinois to win this one out, right? I think I like Iowa. It, it's, it sounds crazy. Illinois is coming off that huge win on the road uh, against Wisconsin last week. I know Bielema has ties to Wisconsin, of course, but he also played at Iowa and got his coaching started at Iowa. So he's got ties here. I think he wants to win the game, but um, I don't know. Both teams defensively, I, I still think it goes under, even though it's, it's a low total. But um, I don't know. I, I just think um, it might be a little buy low opportunity on Iowa here, but to me, ultimately it's a stay away. Um, all right. Two more games of preview for college football week six. We will go to the ACC, a pair of four to one teams, ACC network, eight Eastern time is your kickoff time. Florida state at number 14, NC state, both teams licking their wounds coming off losses last week. And, um, a Wolfpack three point home favorites, 50 and a half is the total to me. This it seems obvious that NC State would get back on track here. But I don't know. The line is only three. That's scaring me a little bit. Gun the head. I'll take the Wolf Pack, but it's a stay away from me, dog. How say you? I uh, love the Wolf Pack in this one. Kind of they should they should have won that game last week. A couple of questionable decisions in that one. Um, they just couldn't come up with the stops in the end they needed to. So I like them to get back on track here, kind of keep pacing the ACC. Um, and having this one at home, you know, we've seen some classic NC State, Florida State games um, dating back to, you know, the Phillip River area. So I, I, I'm all in a little pack on this one to get back on track this week. All right, final game. Nobody will be able to see this, the re- reoccurring bit that is the uh, Pac-12 network here. But number 12, Oregon on the road, 4-1 and one Ducks at the 3-2 and two Arizona Wildcats. Oregon, 13-point favorite, 70-and-a-half is your total on this one. You have a feel, you got a pick on this one. Uh, ducks. I mean, it, it's simple. It's easy. You just can't go into Arizona and lose to that terrible football team. Yeah, I, I probably, I probably have to agree with that. I mean, um, Arizona did beat New Mexico or uh, New Mexico, North Dakota State. Uh, that's as, as good a win as they've had in a long time. So, uh, but Oregon, Oregon played Georgia week one, and Bo Nix hasn't taken a sack. Oh, he didn't get. I know they got their ass kicked in that game, but they protected him against Georgia's defensive line. He hasn't taken a sack all year. That goes to show you, uh, Oregon's got a pretty damn good offensive line. I, I think they can rely on that on the road and and get a dub. Um, all right, we'll move to NFL Week Five here. Thursday night, Colts at Broncos. We're not talking about that. That that is puke in the mouth. Uh, so we'll move to Sunday, nine thirty Eastern time. We got a London game. We got the uh, New York Football Giants three and one versus the Green Bay Packers. They are also three and one. Packers eight point favorite. The total forty one, I believe. Um, I say pack. Uh, you, you just can't. I can't believe in a Daniel Jones quarterback offense. Packs find their mojo a little bit. That's that's where I'm at. How say you? Yeah, one of my locks here coming up in the in our locks Uh-oh. segment at the end here. Um, you know, Packers coming off of a, a gritty overtime win against the Patriots and the Giants having two quarterbacks down to injury, have them Saquon play a Wildcat quarterback. Um, traveling across the pond as well, early game, you know, schedules all off, jet lag. All that's going to be in play here. I like the Pack a lot in this game. All right, moving to the 1 o'clock games. We'll start in the NFC North. Bears 2-2 two and two at the Vikings 3-1. and one. Minnesota laying a touchdown and an extra point, 7 
44 is the total. Where are you at with this one? I'm thinking the Vikings with the points there. They, they, they looked real good so far throughout this first four games of the year. Um, and the Bears looked absolutely terrible again last week. Um, so there's this, they'll draw below 500 now, um, and the Vikings keep rolling. Yeah, I think this is last time we will be uh, able to preview or talk about any kind of Bears football for 2022. And thank God for that. I agree with you, Vikings, uh, cover and roll. Uh, good one here in the AFC. Chargers 2-2 two and two at the 2-2 two and two Browns. Chargers three-point road favorites. 47.5 is the total on this one. I think I like the Browns. I, I, I don't know why. Just kind of a gut feel. Where are you at with this game? Yeah, the Browns having this one at home. Um, you know, it's going to be a chilly weekend here in Ohio, down in the 30s for the lows in the mornings and the highs in the 50s. So we'll see if the Chargers, you know, the West Coast team from Los Angeles, how they play in, in, the, in the elements like that. And, you know, they get a taste of it against, you know, Denver and Kansas City in the years. But it, it'll be nothing like the, the winds coming off the lake up there. I, with that being said, I like the Chargers to go in there and get this one done. I think it's a field goal type game, 20 to 17. Herbert does just enough just to keep them, you know, right around there and then wins this one late for him. All right, moving on. We got an AFC East showdown here. The Dolphins of Miami, 3-1 and one on the season at the 2-2 two and two New York Jets. Dolphins laying 3.5 on the road, 44 is the total. Um, how say you, Bobby? I, I'm on the Jets here, especially with – Yes. Um, Come you know, on. And, you know, my team just comes off of a wounds-licking loss to – the New York football jets. Um, you know, Zach Wilson looked pretty good for not playing for 50 or 60 some odd days, whatever it was, not even on the field anywhere. Uh, and, and they got a good football team. You know, they've made the right draft picks. They're not doing the classic jets thing. And they look like a team that's ready to not contend for the AFC East, but we'll, we'll compete with the other three teams in that division. Now um, and Miami. I, and I think not having a starting quarterback, Teddy is serviceable, but he's, he's not kind of, Kind of do the things that Tua can do. Um, and then the whole pace of the offense will be off for the Dolphins. So I'm rolling with the Jets in this one, but I'm staying away gambling-wise. I'm, I, yeah, that's not a lock. I agree with you, dude. The, the hook is what is luring me towards taking the Jets plus the points. I think the Dolphins probably win by a field goal. But that hook, that hook's out there for a reason, and I'm biting on it. Not again, again a, not a lock, but um, the Jets – they're, they're kind of plucky. I mean, mm-hmm. they might be a year away from being a year away. Uh, we still don't know what Zach Wilson is, obviously. But uh, like the defense they're building, they got some weapons. Yeah, the, the Jets are not god-awful. All right, two more 1 o'clock games. Um, we'll go to the NFC South next. The Falcons, kind of surprising. They're 2-2. Two and two. They're on the road at Tampa Bay. Bucks 2-2. Two and two. Tampa, eight-and-a-half-point favorites. 48 is the total. I think this is maybe a get-right game for, for Tampa. I know they're they're banged up, but they started getting some players back last week. But eight-and-a-half, I'm scared of that. I, I, I think you just stay away, but where are you at with this game? Yeah, no chance I'm touching this one. Falcons can compete. We've seen them score. We've seen them hang around games like that and play pretty close. And they've, they've got a few wins so far this year that we're doing that. Um, Buccaneers, I think, are just better coached right now. Um, so I, I'm with you there to get right, get your heads right, get things back, kind of stabilize the ship and kind of work your way towards where they want to be. So staying away, um, give, give me the Bucks. The, the one factor that, that just popped in my mind, I think Cordrell Patterson is out 
for the year. And that, that's, that was a huge weapon for the Falcons. Um, I don't know, if, you know, on a, on a week's notice, they might be able to overcome that. But I mean, I thought the Falcons would be a, a four win team. I guess they still could, but uh, them being two and two after a month of football, kind of, kind of shocking, kind of surprising. So I guess good on the Falcons, Bobby, I hate to do this to you, but I mean, I put your Steelers uh, at the bottom here, the one o'clock slate. One and three. Kenny Pickett is starting. Uh, they travel to the Bills, three and one. Buffalo, 14 point favorites. That's massive. 47 and uh, 47 even is the total. Uh, take it away. Does your Steelers keep it close? What, what do you think happens here? Man, I've never been more excited for a probable loss than I have ever been for any Steelers game in, in, in the history. I've been a fan. Uh, Kenny Pickett's first official start. Uh, I think it's going to be, it'll be an adventure. Um, you know, the Bills got a really good defense. They, they got some holes. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think, like I talked about earlier, he adds a whole new dimension to this team, and we'll see what that brings about in the game plan. Um, but 14 is quite a bit for an NFL game for me. I, I think the Steelers cover that easily, um, but the Bills win this one outright. Yeah, I I, I think I, I walk step, step for step for you, or step for step with you here. Um, 14 just massive. I mean, um, I don't know, man. Like it, it's, it's kind of a tall task to ask a rookie on the road in his first start to go into, to Buffalo and win. Uh, I, you, you don't have to win the game to cover 14 though. Um, and I, I keep thinking, was it last year you guys beat them in the opener in Buffalo? Right. Or, yeah. That, that, that's stuck in my crawl too. To me, I, I guess it's a stay away. Um, I think Buffalo probably wins the game. No offense, but mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't be shocked if the Steelers in the first half kind of had it, you know, close, kind of mucking it up, ugly football, maybe. Um, so, I, it, yeah, to me, it's a stay away. All right, we'll move to the afternoon window, uh, three, four o'clock games here. We'll start with my team, the Niners, two and two at the one and three Panthers, four o five Eastern Time kick. San Fran, a six-and-a-half-point favorite, 39 as the total. That Monday night game, it was like a fucking B-12 shot, dude. Seeing the defense fly around. Uh, Toledo Hufunga, he's, he's Troy Palomalo Jr. He's Don't don't be offended by that, Bobby. It's a compliment. Um, Troy Palomalo actually trains the kid to second-year safety. Um, had, a pick six. He's, had a pick six in the game. He's, he's a tackling machine in the run game. Uh, I think he's going to be a future pro bowler. I'm really excited about him. Six sacks against the Rams. Um, we own Sean McVay outside of the uh, NFC championship game last year. Anywho, Baker Mayfield going up against this defense. Uh, I go back to, I think it was 2019, a Monday night game. Uh, we, we kicked the shit out of the Browns, made Baker's life miserable. I keep having flashbacks of that game. I, I think the Niners blow out uh, the Panthers here. And maybe I'm getting a little too cocky just off a Monday night win, but uh, I just like the matchup. And, hey, that would be a winning streak. That would be two wins in a row for the Niners. So, um, you know, let's just try to stay healthy, get our guys back in like a month, get the full roster back around November, and and maybe we have a decent record going in November. That's kind of what I'm, I'm aiming for here. But I, I think we get, a, we get a, a dominant performance by the defense and the offense um, – thrives off that and, and takes advantage of turnovers or short fields. 
Anyway, I've rambled, I've rambled on far too long about this game. You got to pick on this one. Yeah, Panthers stink. They're they're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think this is the game Matt Rule gets fired. I, I think they let him go. Oh, he gets right. a jump on uh, going back to college. Uh, Colorado might be calling calling Matt Rule's name here soon. So that that's I, I, I'm with you. They looked real good on Monday Night Football. Um, you know, Jimmy G. He he is magic in the Shanahan offense. He he just gets it. They get each other and they put each other in the right spots. So I'm, I'm with you there. And Nick Bosa is having you know. NFL defensive player of the year type year. So I, uh, I, I'm with you on that one. I like the 49ers on a blowout. All right. We go to 425, the big Fox game, three and one Cowboys at the two and two Rams. LA, four and a half point favorites, 43 and a half as a total. I'm excited for this one. I will let you have first uh, crack at this game. Yeah, this would be a good game. Um, I like the Rams at home. Uh, I like their defense at home. I, I, I think that's going to really create some problems for Cooper Rush. Um, I, I think you're looking at a banged up D- Dallas Cowboy team, um, but you'll have a really good matchup here with Aaron Donald versus Zach Martin. I think that'll be one of the best offensive line, defensive interior matchups we see all year. Um, I think that'll kind of dictate this game, especially if Los Angeles can shut down the run game and make Cooper Rush have to win this game. Uh, that plays right into their game plan. So I'm rolling with the Rams on this one, but I, I wouldn't touch this one from a gambling standpoint. See, I am. It's not a lock, but I think four and a half is a little too steep. I, the Rams, they're struggling on the offensive line. Uh, they have all year, and I think that that plays right into the Dallas strength defensively. And I know Cooper Rush isn't great, but, man, they're playing good ball with him, a quarterback. They got some mojo. They got some momentum. I, I think Dallas might be able to win the game outright. I, I You know, I, San Francisco and Dallas – the two NFL defenses currently after a month that haven't given up 20 points in a game yet. Um, both these two are, are just playing defense on a, on a whole nother level right now uh, across the league. So I think defense travels. Plus I always think at, at the LA, the new stadium, so you know, your big, your big, you know, popular teams, Cowboys, Steelers, um, Packers, Patriots, like these big teams, you're going to have probably 35, 40% road, right? Like road teams as a crowd. So it kind of eliminates, you know, that, that home field advantage. So just kind of a gut feel. I didn't really look into the statistics on this game, but again, not a lock, but that's where I'm at. All right. Two more games to get to uh, another 425 or in the NFC, the only undefeated team left in the national football league on the road, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals two and two on the year. This line is down to five points uh, as the Eagles are favored. 49, 48 and a half. Somewhere in that range is your total. Um I I can't believe in the Cardinals, man. Uh I think I think the Eagles continued the roll and the, and they cover. How say you? The Eagles are going to lose a game, but this isn't going to be it. Um, right. I, I don't I, I don't think yeah. they're a 17 and 0 team. No. No, uh, absolutely. And Cardinals, they, they've started slow every single game and have had to work their way back. That doesn't work against a team like the Philadelphia Eagles. Good defense, good offense, and special teams are doing well as well. So all facets of the game, Philadelphia is kicking ass right now. So I, I don't think no one's stopping them for a few weeks. Yeah, they're good up front on both sides of the ball. Maybe maybe you go first half. Eagles mm. first half, you probably get that at two and a half or three uh, with the line being at five, probably two and a half. Uh, maybe that, that's the way you attack that from a gambling point of view. 
All right, AFC North uh, game that I'm going to have eyeballs on. You'll probably have an interest in it uh, since it's in your division. But the uh, Cincinnati Bengals at the Baltimore Ravens. Sunday night football on NBC 820 Eastern time kick. Uh, Ravens three-point favorites. 45.5 is the total on this one. Last game, I will let you have the honors here. Yeah, I think this would be a really good Sunday night game. Glad they didn't flex this one out. Uh, Baltimore's getting – they're getting the reinforcements coming. You know, they're getting Justice Hill, I think, practiced. Um, you know, J.K. Dobbins looked really good last week. Kind of helps out Lamar Jackson, so he has to do it all. Uh, Bengals, they, they've righted the ship. Um, you know, I, you listened to Kyle Long today on a podcast um, talk about it. it takes four to five games for an offensive line to, to really gel and work well together. This is game five for the Bengals' offensive line, their new makeshift. They looked good against the Dolphins on Thursday night football. Yep. Yep. Um, they, they did what they wanted to. They ran the ball very well, and Joey was making the right decisions. Uh, this one, it's a toss-up for me. I'm going to take the Ravens at home. Uh, I think just being at home, that crowd on Sunday night football, um, I think that, that'll be a, a good you know, 12th man there for Baltimore. Um, I think Lamar has an incredible game here against the Cincinnati defense. Yeah, I think it's going to be an outstanding game. I, I think I'm going to stay away from uh, a gambling pick here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd lean Bengals, and that's just revisionist history. I feel like Burrow lit him up in both games last year and and the previous season. I you know I don't know what his record is, but I, I think he might be four and zero or three and one against the Ravens. Um, bright lights on Sunday Night Football. I, I you know the kid he just he relishes those kind of opportunities. So, but again, not a lock. It just a just a feel. Uh, I, th- I think. Um, It'll be a really tight football game. I think whoever wins probably wins by two, honestly. I think it's going to be that tight. Should be a damn good one to watch um, on Sunday night. Finally get a an actual good Sunday night football game. Um, all right, pick pick the best games out of this out of this lineup. We talked about the Thursday – or we mentioned the Thursday nighter. Um, Colts at Broncos on Thursday night football. Uh the rest of the Sunday slate we didn't talk about are all one o'clock games. So we got the Lions at the Patriots, the Seahawks at the Saints, Titans at the uh, Commanders, Texans at Jags, and Monday night Raiders at Chiefs. Um, I don't know. Pick what do you think uh, the best matchup or best game is going to be out of that six pack of games? Uh, I think it's easily Raiders Chiefs on Monday night. You know, two teams that. You know, made a lot of changes in the offseason. The Raiders spending a lot of money bringing people in and trades and whatnot. Um, and they you have know, had a tough year so far. So I think getting a Monday night, you know, national television, getting a big win against the Chiefs, who are the class of the division again, I think that would go a long way for the Raiders. Uh, I think that'll be a good game. You know, any AFC West game in primetime is, is a beautiful game. I figured you would take that. So I'm going to go Lions at Patriots. Bailey Zappi didn't look that terrible last week in relief duty. Maybe Belichick trots him out there. And how about the Lions? They are the number one scoring offense in professional football currently, and they are the worst scoring defense uh, statistically uh, against our points given up. They've given up the most and scored the most. So only the fucking Lions probably could do that. Um, so, I mean, that that could be kind of a wacky, weird game in, in Foxborough, so that, that'll be my choice. Um, Bobby, a couple more things to get to, and then we'll get out of here. I got four gambling locks. How many plays do you have? Uh, I got six again this week. All right, well, go ahead. 
go ahead and start us out. Yep, uh, this one close to our hearts. Homecoming weekend in Athens. Uh, Bobcats, they, they, they go over in almost every game, and they're playing Crackerin this weekend. I got the over at 59, and the Bobcats um, having a good weekend at home. Bobby, you son of a bitch. You stole one of my locks. I got it at 59 and a half. I don't care. I actually did a little statistical digging. Um, OU in two home games combined with uh, four Atlantic and Fordham. 190 points in two ball games on the new field turf. Fast turf, I think, at Peyton. Um, OU plays no defense. So 190, you divide that by two games. That's a combined 95 points in two outings if my uh, shady, shoddy math uh, checks out. And I think it does. So, yeah. Give, give me the over as well. That, that was uh, one of my selections. So go ahead and give me another one. Yeah. Uh, again, we talked about earlier in the SEC. I got Arkansas plus nine and a half here. Uh, I think an easy cover for them. Um, talked about it and the, the win for the Bulldogs. All right. Go, go ahead and burn another one since you, you took one of my four. Yeah. I, uh, I'll, go, I'll just piggyback off of your uh, best of the rest NFL game here. I got the over in the Lions-Patriots game. Yeah, you said it there. The Lions with the number one scoring offense and the number 32 scoring defense. Um, and the Patriots, you know, they, they can put up points. You said it. Zappy looked pretty good in relief duty. And there'll be a lot of points scored in this one. And um, I think the Lions get a win against the Patriots for the first time in a long time. What, where, 45 and a half, 40, 45? Yeah, 45 and a half is what I got at that. Okay. All right, I will give out a uh, another MAC uh, game here. I'm going to go Eastern Michigan. They're at Western Michigan rivalry game. I'm going to take Eastern Michigan plus the five and a half. Uh, did some research this week, so these locks might sound a little strange, kind of off the beaten path. But uh, Chris Creighton has been really damn good as an underdog, um, as well as if you look at some of the advanced statistics offensively and defensively Eastern way ahead in um, yards for play and EPA uh, on both sides of the football. So uh, I like the, I like the number. I think they might have a chance to win the game outright, but I'll take Eastern Michigan, the Eagles to take uh, take a Western, at least down to the wire and lose by less than five points. So Eastern plus five and a half is uh, my lock number two of the week. Go ahead, man. I got uh, this one. Talked about it in the Giants-Packers game. Across the pond here. Uh, the unders go a lot in these games, so I'm going to go under 41 in the Packers-Giants over in England there. I, I, You know what? What what number did you get it at? 41. 40, I, you know what? That, that That's a pretty damn good play. You're right. The, I think the London unders are kind of the move for sure. Um, I got two more, both out of the Sun Belt. I'm going to lay the 11 for podcast uh, sake. I'm going to lay the 11 with James Madison. They're undefeated, 4-0. They go to Arkansas State. I don't think Arkansas State's that good of a team. Uh, again, I did some advanced digging this week because I was 3-3 three and three last week. That's unacceptable. So I really did my homework. Um, JMU, the number one defense uh, against – uh, yards for play in EPA in college football. So the advanced numbers like them. They're pretty good. I think they're top 50 in offense. Arkansas State's in the in the one teens and one twenties in both categories, uh, offensively and defensively. And those uh, statistics 
Uh, so yeah, I think JMU. I JMU might go eleven and zero. I mean, it's a little bit of a stretch, but you got to look. No bowl game. They're they're banned from playing in a bowl game. They're banned from a conference championship game. So all they got is eleven Saturdays this fall. I think they have to prove something too. So uh, JMU minus eleven. Give me the Dukes. I like it. Um, I'm going to go back to the Red River Shootout. I got Oklahoma plus seven. Uh, I took them in the game to win, so give me them to cover that as well. And um, uh, little I, sprinkle. I, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I kind of want to take the over in this one, but I'm going to stay away for now. We'll see come Saturday. All right, my final one. I'm going to lay six and a half with Troy. Uh, the Trojans are at home. They host Southern Miss. Um, Two pretty good teams, but I, I like the Troy defense. Um, looked at again, looked at some of the advanced numbers. Troy uh, has an advantage on paper, um, and looked at some of the projections as well uh, from some of the stat nerds out there. Really like Troy. Um, I looked at the at the uh, the betting splits and percentages. Um, you know, it's not crazy in Troy's favor. I I just think. Troy's defense. I think they've got a chance to, to maybe get to the Sun Belt Conference Championship game. I was thoroughly impressed with them. Uh, even when they lost the app on that Hail Mary, their defense is really nasty. And Southern Miss, looking at the injury report, they got some key pieces on both sides of the ball dinged up. Probably not going to go in this one. So my final lock, Troy, the Trojans laying six and a half. Uh, go ahead with your final one, dude. Yeah, my last one's again we talked about a little bit earlier in the big game section. I got Tennessee minus three at LSU. Uh, lock that one up to the big orange. All right, man. I I, I like it. Um, there's there's nine plays for you. We, me and you both uh, on the Ohio Akron over. Um, so that that'll be fun to keep track of. All right, um, F1 is that Suzuka this week? Uh, Japanese Grand Prix, one of the best, if not the best, pure circuit on the calendar. Love it. Um, you have thoughts on uh, the Japanese Green, uh, Grand Prix, and uh, I guess we'll, we'll throw a winning or winner pick out there, uh, and then talk about the Roval after that. So go ahead with your uh, Japanese Grand Prix thoughts. Yeah, I love this one. You know, it's another late slash early one for us here in the states. A, a one a.m. start time. Um, so you know, if, you know, you've had a few beers, take a late night nap there. You can wake up and catch this one out live. Or record it and watch the next day, um, and fast forward through, uh, you know, any any red flags or any stoppages that may happen. Um, I, I'm excited for. It. I love Japan. Uh, I love playing it on F1 on a video game. I love watching it. Uh, a lot of good overtaking. Uh, a lot of technical sections in the whole track as well. Um, I, I think it's you know it's it's a Ferrari Red Bull, you know, front of the front of the grid again. Um, Mercedes might be sprinkled in there somewhere, but um, you know. It's it's delaying the inevitable. Um, he had a crappy outing in Singapore, but I think Max wins here again. I mean, you'd be dumb not to pick him, um, especially with Honda back on the Red Bull stable. Um, and I think you know he's hoisting the trophy at the end of this one. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's just so hard to not take Max for stopping. So I, I it's, it's boring. Mm-hmm. It's it's cliche, but I mean, damn it, like. It is what it is. He's he's had a uh, a hell of a year, an all time year, for sure for him so far. So uh, I think Max gets it done. 
Um, Sunday, the Roval, uh, the round of 12 cutoff race for the NASCAR playoffs. I'm going to pull up the standings here, but while I do that, why don't you talk about your thoughts on the Roval? And again, we'll throw out a, a pick and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, so really we're looking at 10 drivers on this one. You know, Chase Elliott locked himself into the, the round of eight. Um, and then Alex Bowman out again this week, uh, dealing with the concussion issues similar as Kurt Busch there has all year. So really you're looking at three eliminations here and, you know, the other, you know, six or seven trying to, you know, just points their way in. A lot of guys here, not very good road course racers that are still left in. Um, I think Christopher Bell, he's got probably the best chance of jumping from the elimination currently into with a win. Um, he, he's, you know, he's won the Daytona Roval last year. And he's, he's a good young driver, and he knows how to get that thing around those corners. Um, as far as winning for this one, uh, I, I, I'm kind of torn between Reddick and, and, and Bell on this one. Um, Bell obviously needing the win, but Reddick, you know, two road course wins this year, a third of the Oval in Texas, and just on a, on a hot streak. I think I think he's due for another one here. So I'm going to roll with Tyler Reddick in this one. I, I don't know what his odds are at. I would assume around thirteen to fifteen hundred. Um, so I, I, that's that's my pick for this week. Yeah, I'm I'm going to look up those odds before uh, we we close down shop here. Um. By the way, I'm I'm 21 and 11 on the season in gambling locks, just to self-indulge myself. But you're right; you're looking at the points, or I'm looking at the points right now. Bell's 11th, William Byron's 10th, Cendric's 9th. Briscoe's on that cutoff. I think Briscoe's probably the easy pick. Uh, you know, I thought Cendric would be a lot better on the road courses than he has been this year. Um, so maybe. You're right. I, I was going to take Bell or Reddick too. I <laughs> like, we didn't talk about it. So since you took, uh, since you took Reddick, good, good and smart selection there. I'll, I'll take Bell. Uh, I think he gets through. And I think, uh, Briscoe, Cindric, Bowman, and, man, Byron, I guess, get eliminated. I think, you know, you look, Swore is a seventh. He, he could have a strong run. Larson's been pretty damn good on the road courses. He's six. Um, I think Logano, Hamlin, Chastain, uh, Blaney's clear on points still at, at second. Elliott's got the win, so I don't I don't see Chastain, Denny, or Logano slipping back. I think Larson kind of might be, but he's eighteen. I think points to the good right now. Um, so I, I think you know Bell wins his way in. And Briscoe just slides down. So Briscoe, Cindric, Byron, and Bowman will be your uh, your four eliminated guys here uh, after the Roval on Sunday. Here's your odds. Wait a minute. Yeah. What uh, Reddick? Actually, Reddick's plus six hundred. He's Ooh. he's uh, the second favorite on the board. Chase Elliott's plus three hundred. Um, Larson plus six fifty. AJ's plus 1,000, Suarez plus 1,200, Cindric, Blaney, Chastain, Byron, all plus 1,500. Bell at plus 1,800. Uh, so is Briscoe and Denny, uh, Chris Buescher, Logano, Kyle at plus 2,000. Um, then you got Harvick, Truex, McDowell, Keselowski kind of rounding out your, your name drivers. So 
but yeah, the Roval, it's it's produced some um definitely some high drama the last couple of years in this in this round, this cutoff race. So I would expect nothing less than that. Absolutely. All right, dude. Well, that is uh that is the uh, Podcock PCAST. Uh, episode 10, I believe, of season five for those keeping track. But um, anyway, both our teams are uh, are playing this weekend. So Bobby had a, a nice stress-free off week last week, but back uh, back into the fire. Um, rate, view, subscribe, follow the show on Twitter and Facebook at Podcock PCAST. We appreciate it. Share it with a friend and enemy. Uh, available on all major and minor podcasting platforms. Uh, Bobby, any famous last words, dude? It feels good to say this again this week. Go Irish. Thanks for listening. Go Blue. And uh, let's have a weekend, folks. And we will say goodbye for now.